T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. We thank you so much for being part of the PGP. As always, this is available on its own podcast platform by simply searching Permission Granted. You can get it on the DA Show's podcast feed as well, but also remember it's always available inside the free Odyssey app or podcasts of the DA Show and ARM programming such as this, PGP. Available as well on your phone. Well, this is now week two of Mothership at the Movies. We are focusing on the replacements. We haven't even really announced this, but we really should. It's coming up on Wednesday's show. Last week, debut, reboot, Mothership at the Movies, year two, but really two years later after the pandemic, began with... Hustle, the Adam Sandler film about being a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers, briefly promoted to assistant coach, only to be fired, and then has to make it work with this prospect he finds in Mallorca, Spain, playing pickup basketball, who's supposed to be the next Dirk Nowitzki or something, and trying to make it work in his drive and dream to make the NBA. Forget the movie itself. Let's talk about the breakdown of the movie. Did you enjoy thrusting yourself back into Mother Shabbat the movie's realm? Yes, I loved it. I really feel like it, uh, I don't know, it just exercises a little more brain activity in a different way. But yes, and I think the real key... In the early aughts here, um, as I will tell you, I've already watched both of our the first The early movies. aughts? Well, the early aughts of this version of... Okay, so you mean episode one and episode two. Yes, okay. yeah. Is that we picked two really good movies, in my opinion. I think that that helps, because you don't you're, you don't have to worry about the movie part of it that could bother you as you try to diagnose the sports. You dive into the sports, so I really have enjoyed it. How are you taking your notes during the, the movie? So the first one... During Hustle, I had my laptop up, and okay, this is something maybe I want to touch on. Maybe, and then I try to think about, I, I could see DA bringing this up here. I erased everything 
I approached Mothership at the Movies 1 with with Hustle. I went back and I listened to our breakdown, and I wasn't entirely happy with the way I came across there outside of the foot problems. So I went back to old-school pandemic pen-to-paper watching the replacements for this week where I have at least three, if not four pages of notes where it's almost like scene-by-scene football Four pages. Yeah, and then I'll go back. I already went back in my notes, took an hour after the movie, Cup swam a couple laps in the pool, came out. All right, let me star on. If DA and Bogus don't hit on this, I need to make sure this is touched on. Uh, and I, I've almost, you know, kind of prioritized the notes, if you okay. will. I'm jotting things down on my phone, so I open up that Notepad right. app and just jot down bullet points. And the one thing that I noticed now going into week number two is that I'm jotting down notes. I don't want to miss anything that happens. So you got to keep an ear out for what's happening on screen as you jot down your notes. That could be tough. You could pause it, but it kind of breaks up the flow of the yeah. movie. I've paused a couple times, specifically during the replacements. I had to pause. If I know it's like three things at once, let me make sure I get every detail, especially during real sports scenes, right? Because a lot of times the sports scenes in the movies are breaking down aren't two seconds, there's your note. No, they continue on, and you don't want to miss something. So... Week two this week, Wednesday morning show, we will discuss the replacement starring Keanu Reeves as a quarterback, Gene Hackman as his head coach, and the NFL goes on strike, and these are the replacement players that come in to play for the fictional Washington Sentinels. In fact, by the time anybody listens to this, DA, we will have done Mothership at the Movies because of when Side B is being taped. Side B will be taped after Wednesday's show. Yes, correct. So, one thing that I noticed was, in the first one, my instinct was to think of it as a movie. Okay. And the trick to Mothership at the Movies is it's never a movie. It's always a documentary. It's always what's really happening. So, I had continually referenced, what was his name, Adam Sandler's character? Stanley Sugarman. As Adam Sandler. That really was not right of me. I did that out of comfort for myself and also comfort for the listener because they know who Adam Sandler is. They don't know who Stanley Sugarman necessarily is if they didn't see the film. But that's the secret sauce. Everything has to be considered as though it's really happening. And so we come out of the blocks on last Thursday we did Mothership of the Movies. And your first hammer is, what we learn is the dysfunction of the Sixers is real. Yes. Awesome. That was great. That sets the table. Okay. Because now you're viewing it through the prism of the Sixers are dysfunctional. Not like, this would never happen. Or I can't believe the owner gave his son the job, you know, or the son was such a a scumbag compared to the owner or whatever. Right. When you just start talking about it in a framework of NBA team, Mass dysfunctional because it really happened. That's when you started on the right foot. I appreciate you saying that because I will tell you a little trick I pulled in Mothership at the Movies is I picture this as the real league. That's the real NBA. Replacements is the real NFL. Ed is Major League Baseball or AAA. And then I say I am watching this through the prism of I love the league, but that's not my favorite team. Okay. So how can I be fair and I'm biased on both sides of the ball, if you will, watching these games within the movie or practices within the movie a little behind the scenes, but they're not actually my favorite team, but it's also not an enemy of my team. Okay. I think 
the way that I approach it is almost like you're watching 24-7 or hard knocks. Okay. You're behind the scenes of a real team in a real situation, and then you break it down that way because we don't watch hard knocks and come out and be like, I can't believe they use this camera angle. I can't believe that this guy is playing quarterback. Right. You know, it's it's about the sport itself that you just take it for for what it's worth that this is really happening. And I think specifically you're very good at this angle. You were better than this earlier than I would have thought last year in Mothership of the Movies. You were able to flip that switch very easily. What you're watching is real sports. I mean, I've lived half my life in a fantasy <laughs> land, so I guess that just comes natural to me. I say that because I think Bogus still struggles with it. Yes. Like Bogus, when he reviews Mothership of the Movies, still reviews it as a movie. And he oftentimes talks about plot lines and acting and stuff like that, and it's the instinct. The instinct is it's a movie. You want to talk about the movie itself. Right. And he makes it a whole thing with his kids, the popcorn, which is great. But I think he I, that's right. I think as he's doing that, he's watching it still as a movie viewer. And it's hard to flip the switch. It really is. So I, I empathize with him because I struggle with it as well. The other night I'm watching The Replacements, and I just want to sit back and pop popcorn and watch a movie. Right. But it's different. No, you're not watching The Replacements. You're watching the story of the Washington Sentinels that season. Yes. It is hard knocks, the Washington Sentinels. Yes. And everything has to be viewed that way. So it's it's interesting because I think that's, I think, what made it so attractive to people when we did it during the pandemic. Listeners bought in on it and other people listened and was like, oh, that's an interesting way to do it because we had found sport like you would break down in sports talk, a decision a manager made. Right. But you wouldn't discuss the camera angle Fox Sports used on a certain right. scene. So you're right. breaking down How the Cubs could have possibly hung on with their injuries to win a World Series. Rookie of the year. It, right. You, you Everything has to be filtered through this actually happened. Right. Not how could this happen. Right. Because it's a movie. Why would they do this? This is This is unrealistic. That's a tough thing to, to crack. It's right. a tough Did the Charleston to Chiefs really have enough goal scoring and slap shot, <laughs> despite all the edginess and fighting, to go on that incredible win streak? Did they? It was hard to tell. <laughs> That's the way I view it. So we'll get into the replacements coming in for episode two on Wednesday morning. But I think we'll do, yeah, four or five of these. We will have checked the box of basketball, checked the box of football. Then we'll go into baseball. I was searching through Netflix to find good movies. We all have Netflix. Yeah. So we've done the first two on Netflix. And I was like, okay, maybe we can stack all of them on Netflix and make it really easy to find these. Netflix sports movies are really shallow. That pool is very thin. Yeah, I mean, I would say month to month, their movie pool is very thin, mm-hmm. the way they change it up. Mm-hmm. There are months where I, I know I've gone through the Netflix queue, I'm like, oh, that looks good, that looks good, that looks good. And then there are months where I'm like, whoa. And this goes for sports or anything. Yeah. This is Brutal. And it's almost like they take turns. Britain month, America month, Britain month, America month. That's what I get the vibe with with shows and movies on Netflix. I was looking for other films besides these two, and they had two sequels that I would have used the originals, but not the sequels. One was Benchwarmers 2. Didn't even know there was a second one. Yeah, that was the original with, I think, David Spade and... Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider and... The other guy that's in all the movies with Dave Spade and Rob Schneider. Um, right. And I Grandma's think, boy. I think Napoleon Dynamite was also yes, correct. That. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that would be a good baseball one. No, they have bench, bench warmers too. 
You can't do that. You can't jump to that one. No. That's like a straight to DVD. If we did 11 straight weeks and there's no sports, we might jump to it. And then, remember the Stifler vehicle Goon, the hockey film? Yeah, and I still have never seen that. I haven't seen it all the way through either. I've seen some clips of it. But they have Goon 2, the story of a real enforcer, which is either a documentary about a real enforcer, a movie that doesn't star Stifler, or somebody just ripping off the Goon title because it doesn't have Stifler in it. So So I'm like, we can't can't, do that. Can't do that one either. It's it's Slim Pickens. Well, I will tell you. Slim. Slim Pickens. If it's Netflix, that's unfortunate. I would say we probably have a good portion of our audience that has Disney Plus or HBO Max, in which I know I have logins for all of those to help out the squad around here if that's something we need to look into or to flesh out, if you will, past this week of the replacements. Well, I I did consider this because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want us to do a movie, and Pete's gonna have to pay the two ninety nine on Amazon and for the Pete's rental. Pete's gonna be PO'd. Which you're right. Although I will say Amazon is pretty beautiful. That in many ways, I think people forget it, if you have Amazon Prime, it serves essentially as Blockbuster. They literally have, I think, every movie ever on there. For but free. they're not all free. No, 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 no. But I'm saying. I got you. Like, worst case. But they're not charging 10 bucks a movie. I know I'm not to spend anybody's money. $2.99, I'm willing to do if, I, if I've if i either never seen the movie or I know the movie's good. $2.99 is rough to go back and do Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Right, Remember, so- Eddie, last year, we couldn't even find it. It was only free <laughs> bootlegged on YouTube. That's how much that movie had been forgotten about. How about that? Eddie does not even exist in official form. You have to watch it on YouTube. Yeah. And it's like when the guy stands up in the seat and walks across, <laughs> that version of Eddie. Amazing. So today, Tuesday's show, Soundcheck has a Jody Mac cough blurp in it and Pete goes into one of his genius Mozart like just hitting drops at the perfect time stringing drops together bringing montages together all of Jody Mac wheezing and coughing and blurping so I think it's a lot of sound effects all over the place Those breaks in cue. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an umpire pulling a weird third strike. <laughs> so it's a symphony of coughs and yes. sneezes. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Yeah. And I think in December he goes into Christmas music tones. <laughs> Mr. Mandaloria. Cyclones. <laughs> 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 
George is lost. <laughs> George is crying. That's a good question. George has fallen off his chair and onto the floor. And it causes such a ruckus that Schwartz, who's in for Bogus today, Tuesday, covers his face. He's laughing so much. He's covering his eyes, covering his face. And then at one point falls out of the chair and onto the floor. What a scene. It was a scene. And for the record, slightly cut his knee. Slightly cut his knee. We saw Schwartz get a little banged up. You know, I really think that's worth peeling back the curtain for a sec on Schwartz laughing. And I'm glad you led us this way here in the PGP. Because it dawned on me as Schwartz was laughing hysterically. And we all were. I was in tears when you were doing some of the Christmas carols in the Jody Metcalfs. It, it very well could be a 12DA, a very high 12DA. But it dawned on me that in that moment, Schwartz was so unaware of the past Jody Mick. Mac cough bits that he's hearing a lot of the drops that he's oh, you doing. Think? I do. I think that he's probably like aware in the back of his mind. Yeah, Jody Mac coughs sometimes on the air. I hear it, but hearing it in that context of us riffing on it like we've done for years, I think it was the first time that oh. Schwartz picked up on it. Which also further dawned on me in the redemption of Peter Schwartz. I think Schwartz laughing on Tuesday's show to Jody Mac is another, I think, reminder and peg of. Okay, this is why the D aliens were getting on me, whatever. They were having, it's funny for me to laugh at Jody Mack, so I understand why they were laughing at me whenever I do something silly and something like that. We've seen him now with the Shep stuff. We've seen him, uh, there's been a couple of Sterling. We've seen Schwartz now be in the presence of us when we've done a lot of the similar bits to what we've done to him in the past. And I think Schwartz is continuing to have a realization moment of, okay, now I get it. Now I get why oh. it was the part of the joke, and it's really funny. So in the past, when Schwartz was on the outs with us, and we would bag on him, and he would mute the aliens block on Twitter, some. block people, and ignore your calls or whatever, you think it was because he didn't know that it was really in good fun, ultimately. Yeah. And now he's seeing it from the yes. inside and recognizing it's in good fun. and he Everybody he, has a laugh, and he can enjoy in the laughs as well. And it also, it's not personal. It's right. not just him because he's seen I've seen him laugh now numerous times and this was the one that really got him and I think feeling in on it now and actually listening to it the way our listeners wouldn't have fun with him I think I think Schwartz has faced a lot of realization moments and I think that let loose laughter with Jody Mack was one of those okay this is really funny so this is what they do Mm. you know the redemption story of Schwartz I know we keep banging this drum but it is remarkable it's real so we're gonna bang the drum it's remarkable how quickly has this come together yeah, it, it's been unbelievable. And also... What's the timeline on the redemption? Well, I guess the, the start of the Fat Journal when Schwartz okay. came in there and he did one. And we were all like, amazing. wow, Schwartz is on the show. And then it was within two weeks after that that Schwartz started to work his way into fill-in spots where the okay. was, was out. And it became, you guys okay with Schwartz? Yeah, okay. And Schwartz answering for himself and you kind of doing the Q&A that first day back with him... These are what listeners want to know, and we went back and forth. Right. That was a really uh, a pinnacle moment. And at that time, and it's only a couple of months ago, at that time, that could be the last time we hear from Schwartz on the DA show for another two years. But because it went so well, he felt back in the family. Shows up at Bob's bar. Then, of course, he has the moment that I guess we're not naming where 
He, you know, he wins over a lot of fans there. The <laughs> listeners warm up to him. It's just, it's been incredible at so every we have turn. A, we have a person who shall not be named and a, a, a moment, moment. A moment that shall not be named. The Bob's Bar moment. We'll the say. Bob's Bar moment. Everybody knows it. You know, you go back and, and watch it. It's there. So, yeah, <laughs> I just, it's, it's really, it's incredible. And then I think because of that, he's so comfortable now that I, I'll even point to Tuesday's show when he's doing the trash and he's talking about his kid umpiring, I feel fine to throw the grenades back. Right. Your kid sucked as an umpire. Maybe that's why the middle finger happened and you guys gasping. But I feel comfortable that Pete's not going to take that personal now because we've all kind of right. joined in. And he did. He, he was laughing at it and everything like that. So yeah, things are just really going warm and fuzzy with Pete. <laughs> when was the fat journal? It was after the Super Bowl you wanted to start it, right? Oh, yes. no, after the no, March after, Madness? No, it was after the Super Bowl because March Madness almost ended. It was Sterling when I was at <laughs> the first weekend I was in Vegas. So it was like a month and a half run. So sometime probably in late February was when Schwartz did the Fat Journal. Right. And late February to late July, it's five months. It's a it's a 180. Feels like two years. When he was in for updates, I'm like, awesome. Schwartz is in. That's great. It felt like... Old times. Yeah. It was so comfortable. It, it's really good. It's re, it's just really good. It is. I get, I get, and I will tell you, there are other people that feel in that I think do a good job. Some do a fine job. Some are, eh, like, I'm not going to name names. When I see Pete is on the schedule, if we need an anchor, there is, and we made the joke about electricity that first day he was back in the building. Man, that was a big, <laughs> uh, it's electric. You wouldn't believe there's a palpable buzz. I know if I look at that schedule, okay, Bogus is in for right. Oh, Schwartz is in. I get it. Oh, Schwartz is in. I get I get pumped up a little bit. Yeah. And you know what else, Pete? I will tell you, I'm gonna give Schwartz credit because Lord knows we have taken taken him behind the woodshed on so many things. A lot of these anchors that fill in have a lot of extra responsibilities. Other stations are doing multiple things at once. And as a result, I find myself picking up a little of the bogus slack, getting them a stun to a news story making sure they're all set with whatever segments we need them to chime in on. With Schwartz, there is no questions. He comes to me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Mm. He, in the irony of all ironies, talking about laziness and all of this, he is the most prepared of all the anchors wow. that fill in as far as, okay, this is cool, this is cool, this is, boom. I don't have to worry. It's on autopilot if Schwartz is in for Bogus. I don't wow. have to worry about a damn thing. Wow. That's the thing. I Again, I have to give him that credit. Yeah. And not that those other anchors should be doing that. They have enough on their plate. But he goes out of his way with our show to make sure we don't worry about anything he's got at all. Look, the redemption story is just amazing. It just keeps it keeps getting better. Now, on Monday morning, I did the show from home. And so I was in the home studios and uh, working out some of the logistics for the Little Mo event. If you're listening to this Later in the week, I will have either already left for Baltimore or be in Baltimore doing the show Thursday morning or already at the game Thursday afternoon or perhaps already back from Baltimore on Friday. So I was not around our office on Monday. But from what you described, and we don't have to get into specifics, but right. there were some balls dropped from over the weekend. And it sounded like it was a little chaotic around here at 10 a.m. More than 10 a.m., around 9 a.m. Eastern. For the last hour of the DA show, if you, if you went back and listened on Monday, what you're going to get there is a lot of DA for 60 minutes and not a lot of yeah, – DA might have thrown to something that may have been played, and I don't even know it because 
Yeah, things happen scheduling-wise. Remember, this is the first day Pete the body is back from vacation, and he handles some of the scheduling. And there's overlap scheduling with another boss. And let I, I will just put it without naming names. Something got lost in the crosshairs, and somebody did not show up to work for a show that isn't ours, but it directly affected Pete. And the person who show it was didn't know that that person didn't know. There was just so much non-communication. And Pete, day one back from vacation, is tasked with, number one, is this Pete's fault in any way? And he's even second-guessing what he did. And then number two, it directly affects, let's just say, Pete's time in the control room on the studio because this actually would have been his replacement, so he's the only one left that can stay. And it became a lot of pounding on the table, a lot of, ah, come ons, a lot on day one off Pete's vacation. And... The whole thing was just a mess. It was probably five different people's problems. One of those ultimate perfect storms that somebody might see at a workplace somewhere. But as an unbiased observer who sat back and it just basically tongued the donut, watching Pete freak out <laughs> was, to me, one of my favorite moments of the summer. You took glee in that. I did. It just I, I couldn't help but sit back and smile. <laughs> so it was all hell breaking loose at yeah. 9 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, and with no direct whose fault. Whose fault is that? No direct whose fault is this, which just if you would have it's it's almost like getting a straight flush when you're playing poker. It's like, <laughs> wow, that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened that led to this. Oh my goodness, this is great. A perfect storm, if you will. It was. It was an unbelievable perfect storm. But yes, for the last time of the show, a lot of little awkwardness behind the scenes because there was so much going on. All right, that is side A. Here comes side B with the great Andrew Bogish. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Doody do! It's side B of the PGP, and how are you? It's me, Mraz, with Andrew Bogus. This is a normal side B of the PGP, not an emergency PGP like we had Bogus on for last week. And I saw a couple twitches and tweets, Bogus. Before I get to this, mm. we had plans to address Pete this week. As far as you've already addressed the media about not doing a PGP two weeks ago now. It's been a busy week. DA is taking care of a lot of moving parts as he heads down to Baltimore. 
I don't know if this will be necessarily forgotten about or brought up next week, but just know we are aware that it has not been brought up. Before. Right. So, and to recap, you're specifically referencing the threat that you issued on Friday's show when DA was not here, when and Pete wasn't here either, to accept the threat. But you threatened Pete to get his you-know-what in order over the weekend. It wasn't a threat. It was advice. Felt like a threat to me that he had to behave better to avoid some piece of evidence being dropped on his head here. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Okay. So maybe he sits there and squirms through another weekend. I don't know. But just so you know, because I have seen the messages, Yeah, we are aware that we have not broached the subject. Right. I would suggest... Um, We've had Mothership at the movies. You right. were, and by the way... Really, you being off Monday and then in for Rider Tuesday threw off the week, so to speak, because DA wanted to make sure you were here to do it. Correct. And then things got away from us Wednesday, certain uh, because of Mothership at the Movies, when you were finally on the show, and then Thursday, DA is not here. He's in Baltimore. Yeah. And just from a personal standpoint, and I speak for Pete in this instance as well, um, you don't need to remind anyone. Any, I'm speaking to the listeners. We get it. Don't keep bringing it up. If it goes away and Pete survives this and any further damage, that's probably best in the long term. So <laughs> your tweets have been noted. Sean's aware of it, but there is no further need to point out that this Why has that? not come to I because I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. Because you're afraid of what could happen. Of course I am. The threat was to me as well. So you feel like you've answered for it, Pete, and you don't mind that Pete hasn't had to answer it. You'd rather just it, like the sins be buried. Well, I just, I don't, I'm nervous because I don't know what you're sitting on. And if it makes Pete look bad, it has to make me look bad. Yeah, I mean, that, some that ex- is, in some respects. I did tease that Friday. We had incriminating evidence. Right. So, and I, I've, I've done my part. I, I think I've done my penance. I'm understanding if there's something else for me to do. Although, like, hosting the PGP seems like an odd punishment. Um, for, Especially since you got to leave and we still continued to host, and therefore I did more work anyway. Exactly. The punishment um, would have been you editing it and posting it sure. and all of it. And for the record, uh, I was told this week when we were doing Side B. Like, I was told it was going to be taped after Wednesday's show. So, which is my point again that... That you could have been telling people. I could yeah. have been given direction about last week when there wasn't a You were also told, but you also knew that there would be a PGP this week. Yeah, but I'm not always on it. <laughs> See, now you know how it feels the other 51 weeks of the year when we try to talk to you about something and you keep going all over the place. You're, you're senseless. Okay. Okay. Mothership at the movies. We yeah. tackled the replacements on Wednesday's show. I personally loved it. There was so much nostalgia there. It might be. It probably is. My favorite Football, sports movie of all time. Just ranking out any given Sunday. Okay. As far as sports movies of all time, it's right there. I'm telling you. It's right from my powerhouse, my wheelhouse, my heyday. Ironically, so many of these movies are. They're in that 90s, right? 90s, we've talked about. Decade of sports movies, right? Well, I think this one's technically 2000, but the same same era. High school, college. I'm sorry they didn't get the exact year, right? It's the era. So, I love it. I can't get enough of it. It's one of those movies, too. I had to have seen in pieces... 25 times in my life because it it's very big on reruns. You know when it's big on reruns? Yeah. Super Bowl week right after when you still get a football fix. It'll be on USA or FX or whatever. And it it's a movie I could always pick up no matter where the scene and watch it throughout. And I kind of know where I am and what's going on. So I love it. Uh, we diagnosed the sports. 
your reaction to the second segment of Mothership the Movies where I really picked apart the refs throwing the flag before we give into your actual movie critique. Of yeah. So, I mean, this is a conversation that I'm going to have for the rest of my life, I think, while I'm in this business because I have a strong reaction to your sentence of pig refs can't throw a flag there because if the dude holds, you have to throw a flag. Because that's but it's a key. broken play. But no, all I'm saying is because the, the the argument normally is you got to let the players decide the game, but they can decide the game by committing a penalty. So if there's a penalty, you have to throw the flag there. The problem would be is if it's not a penalty, if your call is wrong or you're overreacting to something, that's one thing. But to say that you can't well, throw a flag there, I mean, the dude apologized for the hole because he knew he held. I think this, the game situation matters, too, in that spot. And what you have here is a kicker with a gambling problem telling his holder. But the refs don't know that. I'm just giving you a little what we know because the player's been mic'd up. There's a kicker with a gambling problem that knows if he makes the kick or has to miss the kick because it's going to be a major issue with his gambling debts. Right. The quarterback has to make a judgment call there. The offensive line, the wide receiver, whoever's on the field, the special teams unit does not know what Shane Falco is about to do. Shane Falco makes a split decision. He takes it and he runs. At that point, it is not your typical Falco under center handing it off to the running back. Here's a hold by the guard or the center, and we're going to call it back. It is a chaotic broken play. Mm -hmm. Chaotic where I guess my point would be, you mean to tell me of the 22 guys on the field, that that defense didn't commit a single holding as soon as all the chaos goes. I, I mean, which is why I think it's let the players play. But the players playing can sometimes include them committing a penalty that needs to be called. I mean, you mentioned the Trey Junkin play. I should have gone that, back. That play was broken, but you want to flag on that play? We don't have every. But my point is, we didn't because the refs, in hindsight. But the refs didn't. They messed up the call. They they should have made a call. No, they but, didn't. They thought they had the right. But outside rule of New York, nobody remembers that because the refs let them play. No, I, no. I'm not telling you that the Dallas fans in this situation shouldn't have been upset if there was a hold. And again, we need a better replay too. And that's a terrible sure. job by that. Sure. But I, I had a major issue with that. Now, you texted us as we were breaking down the movie, and yeah. Da and I had discussed inside a what what makes Mothership at the movies different how it's not actually breaking down a movie critique standpoint it's breaking down the sports in the movie and we went through it but you are somebody who can't get enough of the actual like movie critiqueness of it so that's i want to give you your outlet here on the pgp to give me basically your problems with the yeah. movie so you said this is your favorite football movie you think it is mine's necessary roughness which has been suggested for us to do on this show i still have never seen it to be fair i might love it now that movie is completely bonkers. So I don't mind that it gets bonkers all over the place because the premise is just insane from the beginning. This movie is really good. I think it was set on the air. It's the Major League of Football. I think Major League's a better movie than this is a better movie. But my problem with the end is they're going along, except for not explaining the Sugar Bowl fiasco right. and even giving a face or a name to the fired head coach that McGinty replaces for the last month of the regular season. They're trying really hard to be a good football movie. Like, they cast it well. The guys look the part. The action looks legitimate yeah. for the most part. Like, you know, it's, it's funny. It's, it's lighthearted. It's supposed to be kind of slapsticky. But it's, not, but it's not supposed to be detached from reality. Like, it's supposed to be a funny movie about replacement players in, a, in the professional football, in the pseudo-NFL, right? 
So they're going along. Everything is fine. Again, we can nitpick at like Thursday night, season ending on Thanksgiving, Madden and Summerall being on a crap team's games. Like those things, whatever, are in play. When we get to the end, we've got an ineligible player coming off of the sidewalk and he gets from his boat, wherever it is, he gets into the locker room humanly impossibly <laughs> quickly. There's no doubt. McGinty's not even, he's just back in himself from the interview that included the cue to come, and he's already walking in with his satchel over his shoulder. There was a liberty taken with that. So he can't play any. And he had been drinking. Whatever, but I, I would accept him being drunk, sad in the locker room because he can't play, and then him playing drunk in the second half more than him being off the team coming from home, putting on a jersey, going into the game, and then he starts the game, the second half, with a flying karate kick to a dude's chest as the entire team the jumps kicks. the Dallas team. He's but they get, got flagged for those. He's got to get tossed for that. You can't do what he didn't stay in the game, a game that you shouldn't be in in the first place. And then there's a— And maybe that's why they get the makeup call late. I mean, maybe. But, it, like, it was going so well from, like, a reality standpoint, and then it was like they just kind of gave up on caring about these things. Like, eh, he's off the team, but guess what? Back he comes at halftime well, to play. If you're not a football fan, and you're not a, but you're a Keanu Reeves fan, and you want to watch a good story, you don't know that as you're watching. But the why movie. can't he be the backup? Why can't he obviously stand that. on the sideline pouting, and when he walks in, why do you have to be on his boat drinking buds? I operated in my fantasy world. In he technically was active for the game. He technically remained the backup, but it was just better to stay away. But then you're also asking people to to break away from everything you've been building with that character over the previous well, 90 minutes that he's team first he cares like they they have a speech in the in the bar where he's saying goodbye to the guys because he's been fired for the douchey martel but here's something else that needs to be noted there's a quick line there where the owner talks about how many players on this team you, you know you can't screw over to have martel and the number's not 53. It's somewhere in the 20s. So, so I don't think they built a foot. Now, we only saw a couple of these guys, and you saw random other pe- players clearly that we aren't familiar with. But I get the vibe that Shane Falco was never had to be made inactive, even if he wasn't there and he technically was fired, because they didn't have enough bodies in the roster anyway, so everybody on the roster was still active. Okay, I heard that line as well, and he says 22 guys are following you. But that doesn't even count. Like kicker. the kicker and stuff. So I think he's just referencing the two groups of but starters, it was a thin not the line. actual. Of course it was. It was not 53 people, which tells me they never had to have inactives. But but when you're walking, when when in this interview where he's, Gene Hackman's going hard, 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 hard. Terrible interview. There's a string of people, players, coaches, staff, that starts to get near the normal NFL group leaving the field. So no matter what, He's not in the building. He's off the team. He says goodbye to his beloved teammates, and then he comes storming back, and they didn't well, have to go that far. Well, what are the rules, though? Because in Major League Baseball, Bogish, you could be activated from a game from the minor leagues and be caught getting to the stadium, and they will make you active. You were on the 25-man roster, but you may enter the stadium in the fifth inning if you're right. a reliever. Sure. So there's no rules that say you have to be in the stadium, no, which but tells he, me he very well could have still just been active. He cleaned out his locker. Yeah, because he thought there was no shot of him playing. It doesn't mean they no. had to go. My point is, I don't think they filed the paperwork that listed him inactive. I don't think he would have cleaned out his locker and not been at the game if he was on the roster as the backup quarterback. 
he got f- released. He but it got might have been fired, a Martell thing. And that's know, why he went home. How do we know there wasn't a scene edited where Martell told ownership, you get well, Falk. Falk would be on the team, but he's not going to be in that locker room. That's another thing. And this was, a, I, I can't remember now if this was on the year or off the years. We're ending things on Wednesday. There were a couple of like missing payoffs in this movie. As DA said, there was, there was no reason in the plot to have the girlfriend be a ridiculous driver. Right. They made a big deal of, at least I thought it was, of what his boat was named. But then I couldn't understand what Keanu Reeves was saying as the name of the boat to the girl. Then I put the closed captioning on to read the name of the boat yeah. and then his follow-up line. And then it had no connection to anything else. So why did it matter that his boat had a fancy right. Greek name? And then randomly the movie ends with a narration from Gene Hackman as if he had been narrating the entire movie. Right. There's one little thing as, as they're going away as if he's like writing a book or like remembering or There's, like he's at the cemetery, somebody's died right. years later. Or like right. the prem- like the movie's supposed to start with him like telling the story of right. the two thousand replacement sentinels. Right. There's a lot of odd, lazy things as the movie goes along that don't end up. But those things don't necessarily matter. I I really had a hard time. The I, karate kicks. The karate kicks and him coming back from the marina in three seconds to play in a game that he was not eligible for is just not a thing I can accept. And like, I w- someone there's got to go, guys, this is too much. And I will just tell you that Coffee Black in the movie Semi Pro was also traded at halftime and switched teams uh, at the end of that movie, too. So liberties have been taken in movies. Yes, absolutely. You could follow Andrew Bogus on Twitter. At Andrew Bogus. You can follow me on Twitter. At Mraz CBS. Have a great week, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.